I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. What's up, everybody? This is Gabe Pruitt with Jay Pitts, and you're listening to Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. I did them in the opposite order this time. How did that just happen? That's okay. I don't know. I just you pr- you deprive me of the. I'm Jay Pitts. Go ahead. I just I just did it. Okay, that's great. Well, he's Jay Pitts. I'm Gabe Pruitt. This is that'd Resource be, Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. It's just the two of us today. Yep. A few weeks ago, we were gone for Thanksgiving, and now we are solidly in the end of the year holiday season. So, given that, we just had a company Christmas party uh, this past weekend. Not necessarily a company Christmas party so much as it was a client event uh, geared towards uh, engaging and spending time with some of our clients. So, as we talked about what we were going to talk about today, some of our listeners, if they were listening back in our first season of Resource, will remember we talked about client events, uh, You know how we use them on our team to engage with our clients. And uh, if you were listening last year, you know that we did a full year of client events every single month. There might have been one, maybe two months where we didn't do uh, an event, but we like really doubled down on events. This year, we dialed it back just a little bit, did quality over quantity maybe, and one of our big year-end events was this past weekend. So we thought we might revisit the topic, talk a little bit more about client events, not necessarily why you should have them in general, but uh, some takeaways for people that are already doing them, how to improve, how to step up engagement with your clients, what to do after the event's over, which is what most people aren't really sure about, uh, and just some tips and tricks and ways to work that into your sphere of influence side of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said it. That's everything. That's it. Well, thanks for tuning see, in, See guys. you guys next week. <laughs> no. <clears throat> no. I. Great event. Amazing event. One of the largest in scale that we do. True. Takes a ton of work here at the office, ton of prep. Ton of work by our switcher, Marcy, sitting over there off camera. She she gets a shout out every episode, and I know she doesn't like it. it like, I, I kind of think we should have bring her behind the mic, but I know she won't agree to it. Oh, so no. getting the thumbs would. down over there. Anyway, so yeah, tons of prep, weeks, if not months, of prep to host approximately t- between 250 and 300 people. You know, we hired a Santa Claus, we staged you know, uh, a photo backdrop for people to have photos with their children for Santa Claus. And this was and, kind of like a brunch time. Yeah, it was a brunch on a Sunday. It, it was a Sunday brunch ish time frame where we made it, made it acceptable to have brunch cocktails at least. Yeah. So we gave the adults something, um, amazing value add is we have some, you know, some, some great ideas, um, here at the staff, you know, on the staff to, to provide activities for the kids. There, there was just, it was just an all around family event mm-hmm. um, that a lot of different people could enjoy. I mean, we had, we had folks there that got pictures with Santa that don't have kids. I mean, it was like literally for everybody, but there was a dog that took a picture. With I, Santa. There were dogs that took pictures with Santa. It was a great situation. We, we, we enjoyed ourselves. We got to spend a lot of time with our team members, both set up and tear down and the event itself. Um, you know, a lot of our agents have young children that got to see Santa Claus. This is keeps everybody from having to go to the mall 
yeah. you know, and, and sitting on Santa's lap at the mall. I think that there is probably at least a measure of, um, of a vetting process that people can rely upon. Like we at least, you know, we're, we're a lot closer than the, than the mall, uh, yeah. HR, HR staff at hiring our Santa. So anyway, oh, I no, think people, can, I can tell you all about the, the Santas that didn't make the cut. I was in the room. You were in the, the room where, for the Santas that weren't chosen, which, which funny enough, like there is like, there is like, a process that oh, goes yeah. through. You don't and just you have to do it early, guys. You have Santa. to pick your Santa in like the summer. You book you book your Santa well in advance. Mister um, Mister Claus showed up in a mini Santa real beer. not a mini. Uh, what what was that? Smart car. A smart car. Smart car with the license plate sleigh. It was decorated like a sleigh. Just deco- painted like a sleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was all in. Yeah. I mean, he had every angle. He was covered. a good Santa. He held babies. He was a baby holding Santa. Like, and I mean, little babies. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a four week old there that Santa held. Could not believe it. But he did. He was comfortable with that. What was his, what was the thing he, the key? The key was the greatest thing ever. It's like, Santa, what's your key? His answer was, not everybody has chimneys. This key gets me in anybody's front door. Oh, clever. He says not every house. He did, he you did live in an apartment, an you don't have a everything. chimney. He had an answer for every child's question that there could possibly be. So it was great. Um, but in, in addition to Santa, we did we did have some other things. We yeah, had great we had food. stuff for all ages. Great food, activities, Christmas decor, music. Bobby, one of our musically inclined um, team members, decided to, de- you know, was gracious enough to DJ for us. So it was just an overall fun event. And like you said, one of the biggest events of the year, maybe one of the biggest events that we've done up until now, but also this is definitely the largest team size that we've had going into an event. Last year, our team was already growing, but was still at that time a lot smaller than it is now. So something that I want to make sure we talk about is how for some of our agents, for some of our younger agents or just younger in the business, this was their first big client event. And for a lot of you know, newer agents having clients is half the battle. So they're like, you know, what, what, what do I get out of an event like this if I don't have past clients to invite? And I think that that's a pretty common, you know, misconception about events like this. And we, I think a lot of our younger agents got a ton of benefit by being able to bring their family and friends and say, hey, look, this is the company that I work for. This is what we're about. We really like to love on our clients. And then when they post stuff on social media, it shows people that could be potentially clients you know what they're all about. I think it's good for everybody involved. Well, that's an absolutely important aspect of this. Like you want to create an event that has that social shareability, yep. you know, aspect to it. So, you know, for example, we had Santa Claus, we had a photo backdrop. We offered people free photos with Santa. A lot of people choose to use that as their Christmas card. What we did was we provided them with a watermarked version of their photographs Mm -hmm. with our team logo, but we also provide them with a non-watermarked version. And it's a very simple ask, right? When you provide someone, you know, my coach, our coach has said often that client engagement is like a bank account. You can't make withdrawals until you make deposits. Now, anyone listening to this knows that, Repeat and referral is an extremely viable source of business, and it should make up at least probably 50% of one's real estate practice. So if you're going to engage that sphere of influence and those past clients for referrals and to use you more often so that you retain the business you've already earned, you've got to make those deposits. But you also have to make those withdrawals. Yeah. it's it, There is a at – the, at the risk of drawing a um, – drawing some unfortunate political 
uh, oh, political no. you know, ties here. There is a quid pro quo in this relationship. <laughs> okay. Okay? No, I mean, seriously, right? That, that didn't used to have such a negative connotation as it does now. No. But neither here nor there. People expect you to ask. Yeah. You have to get over yourself. And there's well, and the thing is, there's nuance too, right? Absolute, it's not just like bringing the event, like, oh, hey, you having a good time? You you like the food? Also, you can't be who's buying a house. Don't be weird. Well, and this is what Can I want to say too. Just sum up that you just can't be weird. I mean, that's what it boils down to, probably. Don't be weird. Yeah, these are okay, your friends. Ahead. These are your friends and your family. Absolutely. You know? go so ahead. they know, like you said, that's the one thing they already know that you're going to ask. So just ask. It doesn't need to be this cloak and dagger thing. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, pictures with Santa is not something we did just because it's a themed event and it was timely. Uh, it's also strategic, right? It's this absolutely is, strategic. It's something that you can do that gives you multiple opportunities to follow up post-event because they need uh-huh. to get their pictures, right? You ask them how they were, maybe see if they're going on their Christmas card, all these different things you talked about. It's a keepsake, okay? Because something hopefully they'll keep. It's not like a giveaway gift bag that they'll forget. It's something that they'll look at and remember, oh, remember that time we were at that event? Who hosted that event? You know, it's constantly going to keep clicking, keep rolling around. So what are some of the key strategies after doing 12 plus events in the last 24 months? Like what are, what are some of the big takeaways you've found strategically that you can use to make your events really grab clients more than just like a happy hour that everybody. Well, let's just examine this particular event where we're at the, the quid pro quo thing, right? Sure. So, yes, it's strategic to provide them a keepsake. That's, that's phenomenal. Right. Um, you give them when you give them both versions you politely ask hey we're giving you cuz n- not everybody would expect you to have thought about this yeah ahead of time they might get the watermarked version cuz that's what they're expecting they're expecting it because you assumed the cost of the event so why would you not give them a watermarked version if they go to some random you know a wedding and step into a photo booth the photo booth companies you know, logo is watermarked on the pictures that they yeah. get. And it's a nice soft ask. You know, but it's a, soft, crazy. it's a soft ask when you say, hey, we've given you a non-watermarked version. Yeah. What we would like to ask, though, is that if you, it, you please do use that for your Christmas card if you'd like or keep it for, you know, just for your own keepsake. But if you would, if you're inclined to share on social, please use the watermarked version because yeah. that, you know, at least allows people to know that we hosted the event or tag us or whatever you feel comfortable with, please just do, you know, do what you can to kind of, you know, um, you know, share these versions of what we provide. Yeah. And that's, and that, that is not a terrible ask. It's super reasonable. It's super reasonable. It's a people appreciate it. So, I mean, ultimately you get, what you want, which is promotion within their network and and the silver lining. Okay. And this is something, you know, you can look at the like really, really clear and present benefits of like, I think we counted like six or seven promised referrals that came away from this event. It's not why we did it. We did it to appreciate our clients, but we know the byproduct is going to be more business because everybody wants to be a client that gets treated this way. Yeah. Okay. So we get those referrals phenomenal. The thing that is the silver lining is you start compounding the connections that you have within your network. And when I start seeing so-and-so share a photo tagging me, getting comments on the thread from someone else who was at the event saying how amazing it was and understand the compounding effect of how that, of how that you know, works that kind of viral effect of how 
all of our network and our network's networks yeah. start it's spreading out. It's spreading out. Yeah, effect, absolutely. Yeah. And that gets really, really cool because when Kelly can post a picture of her family and you know Liz comments while being there as well, it just cements for those two how important we are. I love that. There's nothing better for me than recognizing I, the best moment that happens bar none is when two people show up to one of our events didn't know the other. and didn't realize that they're, they're great friends and they didn't realize the other worked with us too. Yeah. That's amazing. They didn't refer each other. It just happened. It makes us look like we're everywhere for sure. And so it's pretty amazing. So you, here's, here's another one of your questions. You said tactics. Yeah. So do something at the event that requires a follow on. Okay. This whole event pro, like, like program was initiated based on the fact that agents need to speak with their sphere of influence on average once a quarter. And we touched on that with Teresa last week and how exactly. that can be kind of awkward. So this is a way to do it. This is a way to do it. We literally we, we posited that our agents would not call once a quarter, even if they had something formal about business and very relevant to talk to, they would avoid those conflicts. We've been dealing with this. We've been trying to get our agents to do it for years. All ages, not they just ours. They yeah. don't do it. No, well, we've been trying to get ours. We've been frustrated as to something so simple. Why can't they just do it? Right. Until we started having events, and then they talk to them once a month. Then we scale back to a once a quarter, and we're back on track. They they talk they talk to their their clients once a quarter. So and that's and that's the thing. But and we, reaching them more on social, you know, more them, of these natural correct connections are happening. Absolutely. Not to not to, you know, play down the power of calling someone and having a one on one conversation, but all of these things, like you said, the ripple effects are going out. Things are starting to overlap, intertwine. It really is. Okay, so um the other tactic is is when you follow up, okay, and they shared, you have to go on and acknowledge their appreciation. Yeah. Okay. So they're making a public, you know, a public you know, I don't even know the word. They're 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 professing a declaration, maybe. a declaration, a public declaration of working with you and the greatness that comes with it. Right. You have to go on and be gracious. So there has to be comments. You can't just give them a winky face emoji. You know, like sure. it, it, like like words typed. So glad to see you. So glad you could make it. Your little man's gotten so big. You know, um, I really enjoyed. You know, watching him have such a good time, which kind of gets to the heart of what you are hopefully branding your event as for us. After some trial and error, we learned that client appreciation is really the the theme of the event. Right. We're talking about this is an event that we're putting on to say thank you to us. So we're not really asking you to do anything here except for have a good time because this event exists for us to thank you for what you've already done for us. Yeah. What you've already done is extended us your trust right and allowed us to work on your behalf and we are showing extreme appreciation for that right so like and 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 the bigger the better right the bigger so a, a couple of things you touched on it earlier these things mean different there's different meanings to different agents on the team like for me i am the host supreme right it is my job to walk around talk to everybody not just the there are there are clients that our agents have worked with that I've never met. So that was my opportunity to walk around and introduce myself to each and every one of them and say, thank you yeah, for the support. They showed Bobby for the support. They showed Ian and Emily and Phil and Mally and 
Luke and Kristen and Ryan and Ryan and all the members of our team. Sorry if I didn't mention your name. I'm just, you know, spitballing. Brenna's out there spitballing like. here. <laughs> Brenna, of course. No, uh, Morgan. And I, give me the list, Marcy. I got to go. I got to say everybody's name now. Love you, love you guys. All I'm saying is that it's my job to cement the feeling that they got from their agent. They, to me, I'm this imaginary person whose name, name was on, on the sign. sign. Yeah. Okay. And they must know that I have at least it, with, with a great experience that they have with Phil or Luke or whoever, they must know that I know something about what I'm doing because I was able, you know, to lead guys like that and, and girls like that. But to show them that grace is something that I, that is a, that is extremely appreciated on their part. Another important part of hosting like that is knowing that not every single person at that event is a past client. Some of these are future clients. Some of these are just friends and family. They got invited because, you know, like you said, we talked about newer agents that don't necessarily have a huge client base to invite. You know, they're bringing their friends and family and for you to introduce yourself and make time for them and say, thank you for just showing your support by being here and by being somebody who's willing to invest in this agent's business, we really appreciate people like you. They're like, wow, I haven't even done anything. No, absolutely not. And and with the understanding and trust that you provide in them that they will reciprocate, you know. You're kind of setting the table. You're for setting it. the table. Like, wow, I want to be a part of this. And 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 kind of where I was going earlier was the nuance the new that that is to the new agent. <clears throat> they show up in something like this, their clients know that they're new. Because yeah. we train them to lean into that. You can't be something that you're not. Sure. So, so you know, Chris was telling me he had a buddy. He had a buddy that's going to buy a house from him. A buddy that he's talked to about his real estate business and said all these great things about our company. And so his, his buddy knows. He shows up and he looks around and goes, dude, <laughs> like you got like, really? Like yeah. this is it? So those moments that we, that we afford the new agent to show out. Yeah like a 10-year, 20-year veteran with this humongous book of business, right, to make that sort of impact on their clients. Let's just be fair. If you're in the business six months, you don't have the capital to outlay to run an event like this. And I wanted to go to that next, talking about running an event like this, because it definitely does. The optics are a big piece, right? Especially if, like you said, when a new agent brings somebody that is a potential client maybe or a future client, uh, it makes a big difference when they see that people can put on an event like this. It doesn't just say, oh, they put on a great event. It also says they've got their stuff together, right? They know how to do this. They probably know how to run this business like a well-oiled machine. That's how they afford stuff like this. But the big thing that gets in the way of smaller teams, maybe even independent agents who are you know, really, you know, really top producers, and we've talked to a lot of people like that, maybe they want to put on their own event. And, and it would obviously be smaller scale, but the cost to put on an event that really wows can sometimes be a, a real limiting factor, right? So what are yeah. some ways that you've found to uh, belay the costs a little bit? Well, I mean, you know, underwriting a part, portion of the cost with sponsors is a way to do it. Sponsors, okay. You know, so we as real estate practitioners, we have the occasion to refer certain services quite often. Um, you know, law prohibits us from, you know, directing or steering, if you will, clients to one particular service provider. Right. But, you know, as part of our service, vetting out the providers, plural, mm -hmm. that do a good job and those that don't 
is part of our service. It's part of the experience that a client. Yeah, it's part of our expertise. It's it's exactly what we do. So, but it's you know, never you have to work with this person. No. So you 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 but you end up speaking to several folks in different industries that would love the opportunity that have earned it by doing a great job for your clients and served so many of those people in that room that are coming as guests, you know, to come and be a part of it and have, you know, their, you know, trade or service advertised to not only our agents, but our clients as well, because you never know when somebody's in the room, five bought a house from us five years ago, that's considering refinancing. But, you know, a lender that takes the occasion to support an, an event like this just might be the kind of person that this client wants to work with. Right. Because it, you know, what's predicated here is that we, we certify that these folks have done a good job for us in the past. Yeah. That's what it's about. So, you know, I mean, there are laws and regulations depending on your state, but for the most part, what you're looking at is, you know, a minority amount of the cost can be assumed by several different parties. Or maybe not necessarily like a specific cost, but maybe just like a specific piece. Like someone is buying, you know, the alcohol that you're serving at the bar or someone is someone underwriting is, this one thing. Yeah. I mean, sponsors are, are one thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm careful not to allow any one service provider to do too much yeah. because the event is about us. The, you know, we underwrite the cost. Okay. They can support what we're trying to accomplish and we, you know, we allow them to be a part of it because of that. But yeah, I mean, that's the way, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. That's, I, the, that's the only way to, I mean, other than just, Having people on your staff that are really good at running events that understand what good pricing is and what what is not, you know, how to find, you know, multiple bids for certain services that allow you to get the best price. That's the only way to limit cost. Yeah. And I mean, and there's a flip side to the optics, too. When you have an event and you shout out your sponsors and you say, hey, everybody give a hand to this person who's one of our event sponsors. tonight. you don't have to say how much they pitched in or anything like that. Uh, but when someone comes as the face of a company who is willing to sign on and be a part of your project, it lends you more legitimacy, right? No, absolutely. You're saying here's one, two, three different service providers that were willing to give their time, their effort, and their money to make this event a possibility because they trust us just like you trust us, and you're just hammering in this trust us kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, there there's so many opportunities, Gabe, to lend legitimacy. But the point is, is you're either capable of doing this or you're not. That's that's quite simple, right? Yeah. You're capable or you're not. And if you are, then you leave people with a great feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not, you shouldn't try. And the big thing that you talked about earlier is what is the we do a lot of things in real estate that don't have a tangible ROI, right? A lot of this uh, personal brand marketing, like we've talked direct response versus personal branding. Sure. But this is something where you really can measure your ROI on events like this if you can. you're asking for the business and you know and you can source deals to business like this. So you said, for example, at this event we had, what, six or seven people that at least said, we are planning to uh, give you future business. Not necessarily like because you had this event, but at the event, that's where they promised us new business. That's a real way that we can put our finger on in a very elaborate spreadsheet later on in next year, <clears throat> excuse me, and say this is how much you know, gross commission came in as a result of us hosting an event like this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very doable. It really is. I, you know, I don't, I don't really think about it like that 
Honestly, like I think about it as a part of a larger campaign to engage your sphere of influence. But you could look at it like that. And it's interesting that you said that because it can be tempting to do something like this and do a one and done. But I think a lot of the power and a lot of the success comes from doing stuff like this consistently. Not necessarily once every month for an entire year. That could be that could be a lot for some people. We bit off a little more than we could chew, didn't we, Marcy? <laughs> Marcy, <laughs> anyway, plans these no, it, it, tw- tw- twelve a year is tough. But we did build up a, a group of clients that was at almost every event, if not every. I know there's a handful of people that I know pretty well now, just because I've seen them at events after running yeah. around, and they know to expect that we're the type of team that that appreciates our clients that way. And so we get a lot of referral business from them. Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, that people don't expect this much of you, but as with so much in our industry, being a contrarian pays when you're different, it pays. Okay. When you're, when you're different in terms of gratitude, I think it really pays and showing that is really, really a cool thing. And it makes you feel good. Like what, what, what can you do that makes you feel any better than this? Like seeing all those kids run around and have such a good time, the parents being able to relax and have a cocktail, you know, a mimosa, whatnot, eat some food, take pictures with Santa. It takes, you know, it's a good way to spend a Sunday morning for sure. And if you're a smaller, if you're a smaller team or maybe even an independent agent, we're renting out a banquet hall, you know, for a holiday event and pictures with Santa isn't exactly what makes the most sense for you. You can scale this down. Yeah, you can scale it down and not just, you don't have to think making it punier is going to hurt your chances of getting referrals. You just need to lean into your creativity, right? I mean, Maybe a much a, smaller venue and a couple hundred bucks for Santa and a little, you know, a, a, a you know, an hour or two with a photographer would be almost nothing. Yeah. Or maybe like if it's something smaller, food. it doesn't have to be a holiday party either. Like you said, it's about making yourself different. Like not just like a, you know, a two hour, three hour happy hour at some place where you hand everybody a business card before they leave. But what if you do something where you, you know, you rent out the, you know, the upstairs room at a, at a local sports bar for a major game and you invite 20 people. It might just yeah. be 20 of your closest clients or people that you really know would be into it. And it could be just as powerful, just as impactful as doing a large scale thing because you took the time to focus in on a specific group of people. Well, I mean, you know, I, back in the day, Gabe, I did a lot of studying of studying of Brian Buffini and his live by, work by, referral kind of lifestyle. Right. And, and Brian, Brian used to say that you should ha- never have a network larger than 100. You should constantly be qualifying. Okay, A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D, and D equals delete. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you're trying to coach your, coax your C's to become B's, which, you know, means that they will refer, will refer, you know, every once in a while. If the opportunity presents itself. If the opportunity itself presents itself. No and then you coax, you, you coax your, your B's to become A's. And your A's, you know, 10 A sources. Essentially, I think the, def- the definition of an A was somebody that will refer you at least twice per year. Yeah. Okay. And if you had 10 of those, okay, in addition to normal business creation activities and repeats, like you're talking 20 to 40 deals just from those 10, probably, in addition to another 20 to 40 other opportunities. I mean, you'll have all the business you ever need. I mean, like teams are built on that kind of activity humongous businesses are built on that sort of activity. Yeah, we've talked to people right, that so, do the stuff like that just recently. So what can you do? I mean, it is, there are literally infinite, um, literally infinitely many 
ideas that you could come to where you could entertain 10 people. Like, and just think about this, find your A's and go all in on your A's. Like you can do a lot with 10 that you can't do with 40. Very true. Like you can rent, you could, you could go on StubHub and rent a box at Churchill Downs for 10 people and cater it. And you can get out of there for under a thousand bucks. Yeah, and blow those people away. You know, and you blow these people away like 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 serious like concierge level service, like for ten people, and then all of a sudden your two times a year becomes five times a year that they refer you. And if these are your A people, what happens next? The next move is a few months later you plan a bigger, you know, more wide spanning event and say, Hey, I just want to tell you guys, invite some people. Bring somebody. Bring yeah, bring bring somebody that you think would be interested in this event. And then you have your A people finding new clients for you to bring to the next event because they're telling people, oh, you've got you've to go. This you got, guy, you got to, this, this, this guy this, shows out. Yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, and then you actually have to know what you're doing. And then you got to know what you're doing. But no, I mean, literally, I think you can, you can focus on you, – you don't have to focus on scale. Right. Like, I mean, we're here to make a huge impact in the stuff that we do. You know, we, we've we've gotten down to a few ideas with the size of the team. I mean, now our team and spouses and families is over 100 people. Right. So, we, you know, what we do is we have to do things that accommodate all those people. So, you know, I'm hosting an event that has 300. 100 of them are my people. Yeah. Not my clients. Right. You know? And so, you know, we, we're limited in scope. Yeah. Because no matter what you do, if you try to whittle that down, somebody gets left out that you don't want to get left out. So now we're looking at large-scale stuff. But if you're not that large-scale, you don't have to be. Just love on the people. Yeah. And a big thing that – and we're almost out of time. But like one more thing that I think is huge that people need to take away, especially if this is your planning event for the first time, you re, it really can't be something that's thrown together just as soon as you get the exciting idea, you're sending out invites and it's going to be next, you know, next week or it's going to be, you know, two weeks from now. These are things that we learn through experience require a lot of meticulous planning. And as much as we've talked about the importance of following up after the event, there are one, two, three times that we're doing follow up before the event, getting yeah. RSVPs, making sure people know about it, sending out flyers, all these different things, really making sure we know who's going to be there and maximizing the effect you know, by planning appropriately. So what, if you, if anything, what would you say about planning? Well, I mean, it's test, test and test and test and test and, and edit and shift. And, you know, I mean, we found that text message works a ton, you know, sending out, you know, but I mean, I, I couldn't rule out the fact that we did like a really nice high, you know, like, like high end event that we would send out invitations at some point but right sure. now we need maximum buy-in and maximum efficiency because we're scaling over a large scale of people so we use evites we use text messages you know marcy creates you know graphics that our team can text message on a regular basis to kind of make sure people know the details and we get in their inbox you know their text inbox where we know they'll see it and we go do it in a an attractive way that's going to grab their attention because we don't want i mean people are busy People want to support you, but they're busy. They don't. They don't walk around all day thinking about how they can support your real estate business. Exactly. You but have you to, don't want to think that and then not reach out to your people because of it. You got to no, 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 no. Absolutely not. That's that's precisely why. It no, it's precisely correctly. why you need to reach out. Look, they want to hear from you. 
period. End of story. They want to hear from you. If they like you, they want to hear from you. They want to, they were rooting for you silently. They are rooting for your success because everybody, if you need proof of this, you need to go no further than to post on Facebook. Who knows a good realtor and watch the eight bazillion comments that hit. It turns into a contest. It, it, It is a contest because people always want to know the best guy or girl. Like you could do the same thing for vacuums. That's one of the things that blew me away. I asked about vacuums. Please do not do this unless you're ready for the for for the outcome. Social social media engagement so, secrets. Th- here. There is no there is there is a serious thing, a competitive spirit to knowing the best thing that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you post on social, people go ballistic trying to recommend their person. Okay, so these people are cheering for you silently. Okay, and you can't mistake that silence as the fact that they don't care. They do care. They just care about their stuff more. As they should. Like they're worried about getting getting there before carpool closes. Like, I mean, they don't they don't they're not thinking about you. Give them a reason and they will they will move mountains for you. Exactly. And so I mean, speaking of reasons, most people a lot of the reasons they say they don't reach out is I don't have a good reason. That's the big takeaway is that just this one event, having one event is more than the one day of the event. You're building in like 10 built-in reasons to reach out, like the, fir- the telling them about it, the following up, the RSVP, the event itself, the first follow-up, the second follow-up, the social media posts. Like you're, these are all, like over a 60-day period, you're going to get in touch with your person for a specific reason, eight, nine, 10 different ways. I have ways. a challenge. Can I, can I get a little off topic and, and issue a challenge? I think so. Before we close up today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you said something, and I've been meaning to, to issue this challenge to someone. I've been waiting. For right. someone to say, you're not drum roll. You're not saying it. You're saying it for agents, right? I don't know what to say. I've been waiting for the next person to say to me, "I don't call my clients or I don't text my clients because I don't know, what, I to don't know what to say." Yeah, I am issuing a challenge to anyone listening to this podcast, anyone that is live or that listens to it later on iTunes or comes back in the Facebook group and listens to it later. I would like to issue a challenge. To one of you, go to your sphere of influence that you have not reached out to in a while. And I want you to reach out to them via phone or text. I don't care either one. I would do it across a fair number of people, a representative number of your sphere of influence. And I would would like you to send this message. It can be a writing or over the phone. Hey, Gabe. It's been a little while. I don't really have a good reason to reach out to you, but I wanted to check in. Is there anything I can do for you with respect to real estate? End. That's it. If that's the text, that's the text. If it's the call, it, we could role play it, but you get the point. Okay, here's what, I would, here's what I would guess. Someone within your sphere of influence right this very minute is thinking about listing their house. Somebody right this very minute is thinking about investing in the new year. Somebody right now just left a lunch with their best friend who's about to move. Someone has parents that are about to sell their house and move closer or far, you know, whatever. There is business in your sphere of influence. And if you don't know what to say, I got an idea. How about you be authentic and say you don't know what to say, but you still care. Yep. And if you do that, you're going to get business. Now, if you do that, I'm going to tie it all together. Okay, I'm ready. If you do that, you will have enough clients to throw client parties. The end. We'll see you next week.
<laughs> I'm joking. Perfect. No. Um, seriously, I want somebody to come on the Facebook group and comment that they did this and got a deal from it. That would make my life. Oh, yeah, I think so. I would love to see screenshots of people's texts. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You know, now when we don't get anything, we're going to feel real disappointed. <laughs> so I'm going to issue the guilt to go along with the challenge. If you leave me hanging, okay, I'm going to be giving you side eye next time I see you. I see who's been watching the live stream, by the way. Side eye is coming your way if you don't take my challenge. <laughs> Gabe, wrap it up. Well, that's all we've got. We're just about out of time, but we do want to hear from you. So make sure to reach out to us. If you know somebody that needs to be in this group in the spirit of referrals, make sure to let us know so we can get them an invite. Uh, but until next time, I'm Gabe Pruitt. For Jay Pitts, resource real talk about Louisville real estate. We'll see you guys next time. See y'all.